Good morning, everyone. So they told me, whatever you do, don't preach longer than 45 minutes, so I promise I'll teasing. Okay, my name is Father Rock. I am a Franciscan friar of the Renewal, so a religious priest, uh, originally from Southern California, currently reside in New Mexico. So I am with you because we have an upcoming parish mission, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. So I'll start with the advertisement. So English is Tuesday night. I'll be giving a talk on the Eucharist, Becoming Eucharistified. Wednesday night, Arise from Darkness, kind of addressing some of the difficulties and challenges that we go through in the spiritual life, kind of connecting that to some of our trials of the pandemic. And the final evening is a bilingual mass followed by a Eucharistic healing procession. And each night will take place in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. So Jesus will be on the altar and the monstrance because we do a holy hour every day. It's part of our charism and our community. So we just bring that to you to share a little bit of that. So I invite you to come. And I will say, as a Franciscan priest, uh, by far, that is my favorite thing to do as a parish mission. Um, I'm also the exorcist for my archdiocese, but I would rather be here doing this type of work. Be not because I'm some spectacular preacher or whatever, um, but they're just so powerful. It's really a time of renewal and refreshment, and I, I always see the Lord so at work, so I love to uh, share that with you and invite you. I understand it's hard to, to come each evening, but even if you could just come for one night, it would be, I guarantee you, you would really enjoy it. Um, and we can never go wrong being in the presence of the Lord. So I apologize in advance if my homily, if, if you're struggling to connect the dots, I got a surgery on my arm and uh, it's affecting my sleep. So my, I don't think I'm firing on all cylinders yet, but I'll do my best. Um, so I must confess, as I began to read this homily or this, uh, this gospel here, I instantly found myself saying, thank God I'm not like this Pharisee. So in a nanosecond, I was doing exactly what he did. I had become him. Very interesting. So this gospel is pretty self-explanatory. It kind of talks about uh, humility and then the, the contrary vice to that virtue of humility, which would be pride or even false humility. And then it really gives us the remedy and it connects to uh, the reading from uh, the first reading, the book of Sirach, that it's all about prayer. We're, the disposition that we need to have before God is true humility. Now, St. Francis, he said, it's been heard that he said, um, he would often pray, Lord, who are you and who am I? And when he was asked about humility one day, he shared with another friar, he said, true humility is knowing who you are before God and you are exactly that and nothing more. Pretty interesting. So that's what this Pharisee and myself, we were, were lacking. He, he literally is praying to himself. St. Augustine, one of our great saints and doctors of the church, he said the highest form of wisdom could be found in the prayer. He always wrote in Latin, noverum me, noverum te. Basically the same thing uh, that Francis said many years later. Lord, help me to know myself and help me to know you. Help me to know myself that I may grow in humility and help me to know you that I may grow in love. So that's a little bit on the gospel and I'll try to connect that to the, 
the theme that we have for today. If you don't know, today is uh, World Mission Day. So Pope Francis gave us a little reflection for that, kind of highlighting the reality that we are called to be witnesses. Does anybody here listen to the radio show that you all have? Did it, I did a little interview with that. Anybody here listen to the radio show connected to this, this church, this parish? Okay, nobody. Okay, good. We got one guy over there. Uh, not so good, actually, but um, something was brought to mind, so I, I shared it on the show, but I'll share it with you since only one, one person listened to it. So a little reheat here, but it's really good. Um, so I was asked a question by the host, something along the lines of, we're really struggling, you know, pandemic, post-pandemic, whatever you want to call it, just current times of our church, basically, People, parents are finding that it's very difficult to raise your kids in the faith. Nobody wants to come to church. Like, how do we fix that? What's the answer? What's the remedy? I said, well, I don't have a, a perfect answer for that, but I can offer uh, a potential remedy. And I said, I, I shared a story, and I'll share it with you, that basically we need to be living our faith. Our faith needs to be truly incarnated into our lives. We need a living faith, meaning... We don't check out, right? One of the reasons why we wear a, a religious habit as Franciscans is to be a public witness, you know, to remind uh, ourselves in the world of where we are headed, right? This eschatological dimension, meaning, you know, we're, hopefully we're, we're heading to heaven. Let's not forget that. Let's not uh, take our eyes off of that. So a living faith, the home, the workplace, right? Not just at church, the soccer field, the golf course. Now, am I saying you need to, you know, be a Bible thumper and push your Bible down everybody's throat? No, uh, not at all. You look at St. Francis, and there's actually a, a line or a quote that was attributed to him. He didn't actually say it, but he did it. So preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. Never underestimate the value and the transformative power of incarnated faith, meaning a faith that is truly alive in somebody. So I want to share this story with you to help you and myself uh, grow in this so that we could respond to this call that we all have to be on mission, right? We're all called to share the good news, to evangelize. This isn't just for Father Rock and priests and religious and nuns. Like, we're the body of Christ, right? I don't have your gifts and you don't have mine. So they all need to be activated and operating. You're called to respond to that. Uh, God created us all similarly, but also very unique. And the very reason why he puts you on planet earth and this day and age and this time in this town, you have to discover what that is. Not a single other individual, past, present, or to come, could do what it is that God created you to do for his glory and for his kingdom. And what a shame it would be if you never discover or don't respond to what that is. So many years ago, when I was younger, I'm 42 now, I think I was 16 or 17, I was very troubled in my, my teenage years and very rebellious. So because of that and a lot of poor choices, I was in and out of uh, juvenile hall, multiple uh, incarcerations. And I remember at one point I was you know, invited to go to this retreat. Now, I didn't have much faith. I was a believer. I believed in God, and somehow I believed in the Eucharist. I could never deny that that wasn't truly our Lord. But I had 
zero relationship with God. I had zero knowledge of my faith. Uh, there was no living faith. I, I didn't know how to pray whatsoever. So I was invited to this retreat, and I said, okay, let me think about it. Well, let me ask you a couple questions. I said, um, what are you guys serving to eat? Because food in jail is not very good. And they said, pizza. And I said, okay, are, are the girls going to be there? They said, yes. I said, okay, sign me up. So my, my motives or my intentions were not so good and pure, but the Lord used that. The Lord meets us where we're at. I think sometimes we, we get deceived and think, well, I have to kind of fix everything and change everything. Then I come to Jesus. And it's like, no, you just come to Jesus as you are, and he changes you. So I'm at this retreat, and the volunteers that put the retreat on, they, they paid for all the pizza, they donated their time, all the preparation, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, they could have, you know, done anything with our time and they chose to be with us. So come Saturday about midday, I'm looking around at these volunteers leading the retreat, you know, we had listened to a few talks already, and I'm just like, what in the world is going on with these people? There's an exuberance, there's a, there's a joy, there's an interior peace that's t- visible, um, the way that they love one another and us, like I felt loved by them, that they really cared about who I was, my person. And I'm like, they have something that I do not have. I, I desire that. I want that. It was almost like a, a holy jealousy. It wasn't envy. I wanted them to keep what they had, but I wanted that too. I, I was missing something. So why do I use that story? Because it highlights preaching the gospel at all times and using words if necessary. It highlights the transformative power of a living faith, right? Never underestimate that. That's how we change the world. Where, where, where does change begin? Let me share with you another story. Many years ago, he's still actually pretty well known and famous because of his writing. So G.K. Chesterton, anybody familiar with G.K. Chesterton? Maybe some of you mental giants out there. Okay. A lot of you. So kind of a theologian, philosopher, uh, writer, author. He was getting ready to do this big uh, interview with the BBC. It was supposed to be like an hour or two hour long interview a number of years ago. And he gets ready to start the interview. And it was similar to the question I was asked about, you know, what's, what's the fix? What's the remedy for all of our difficulties? And it was, you know, basically trying to discuss... Uh, you know, how to solve the world's problems, right? Pretty difficult to answer that. And they, they asked him a question and they said, um, what is wrong with the world today? Like what's at the, the root at the world's challenges? And he said, I am. And the interview ended, that was it. True humility, knowing who he was before God and that is what he was and nothing more. So how does change begin? By prayer, but real prayer. Not the prayer of this Pharisee, said a prayer to himself. How ridiculous is that? Let us pray as St. Francis. Who are you, Lord, and who am I? My brothers and sisters, through the word of God and the food that we are about to receive at table, the Eucharist, may we be truly transformed so that we can be changed and change others. Amen.